should Section 36.2 of the Constitution Act 1982, Parliament and the Government of Canada's commitment to the principle of making equalization payments, be removed from the Constitution? That is the question that will be put to Alberta voters this fall as the long-awaited and long-promised referendum on equalization will be brought forward at long last. Of course, Jason Kenney uh, campaigned on that. It's been a constant theme from him and his government, a big part of the Fair Deal for Alberta, part of the McKinnon Blue uh, Ribbon Report onto the economy, all, all these sorts of things. So, promise kept, right? We'll have the referendum. But what does it mean? Kenny himself saying yesterday that it doesn't really mean that any changes will be forced because of it, but it changes the dynamic around it. So let's get some insight on that with Eric Adams, who is a vice dean and professor of law at the University of Alberta. Uh, Eric, thanks for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So this referendum will be put before Alberta voters. Let's just define the parameters of this referendum. Um, What kind of approval does it need to receive in order for Jason Kenney to say that Albertans support... First of all, what what do we support? Re-examining, reopening. I mean, he he said himself it, it it can't it can't trigger any change, right? Well, I, I guess I will give him credit for this. It's it's a fairly clear question because there's, there's not much ambiguity there. It simply says do you want to take equalization out of the constitution, yes or no. And um, you know, I I think the answer is if he gets a if he gets a majority vote on that, then he he claims some victory. Obviously, there is a, a push by. The, the UCP government to have a have a strong yes vote. Uh, the Minister of Justice yesterday said we need to speak with one voice on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's not like they're you know testing the waters. They they think they know the vote they're going to get. They're cer- they certainly have a view on what they think Albertans should vote on, and they're hoping that uh, that that a yes victory gives them some kind of leverage in a constitutional debate with uh, the other partners of Confederation and. And that's the part where I say, you know, we part company because I actually think this is an exercise in politics, but it has almost no chance of having any constitutional impact. Yeah, in order to have this removed from the Constitution or in order to make any change to the Constitution, there are certain requirements that have to be met where other provinces need to get on board, right? That's exactly right. It's the supreme law of Canada. We 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 have a constitution that's meant to be hard to change. You you don't uh, get rid of a section based on uh, a change in the weather, and that's that's the idea of 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 the difference between a constitutional document that that binds us and sets the rules for government and a regular law or bylaw that may may come or go. So we have a a, a rigorous amending formula that says if you want to change this thing you got to mean it. And in Canada, it's it's almost harder to amend our constitution than, than most of the other constitutions in the world. And in in this particular section, the, the equalization formula, if, if that's going to be changed in the constitution, it needs the approval of Ontario, Quebec, two provinces from Atlantic Canada, B.C., Alberta, the federal government. I mean, the list of requirements to actually make this constitutional change will be virtually impossible, if not simply impossible, for the provincial government of Alberta to meet, and I suspect they know that. Yeah, and I think the Premier was sort of hinting at that yesterday, saying it won't cause any change, but he says it gives him uh, more of a leg to stand on, more sway, he thinks, when he has these discussions with other provincial leaders. But if if they like it and, and they benefit from it, how does it give him any sort of added leverage in these discussions? And are they even interested in having these discussions? There's been no indication, is there? 
Well, that's certainly right. And based on the rhetoric we saw in the uh, in both the both the house, both the legislature, and and in the press conference yesterday, I mean, part of the the political strategy it would seem of whipping up Alberta voters is is telling them about how unfair other provinces are treating Alberta. So you're not exactly uh, feathering the bed for constitutional conversations with the other provinces if part of your strategy has been to condemn Quebec or condemn other provinces or British Columbia or Ontario or anywhere else or Atlanta Canada say you know these are these are defeatist uh, provinces that don't want to develop their resources and they've been treating Alberta unfairly for for 30 years uh, you know you're obviously not uh, going to be popular at the party so it's really not a strategy I don't think that's designed to to actually seriously have constitutional talks what I think the political strategy here is is uh, it's and it's part of a wider political strategy that we've seen from this government. It's in, uh, of a piece with the war room, with the the Allen inquiry, and it's basically that says, let's keep people mad. That uh, that when times are tough here, it's because there are other forces to blame. And don't you know it? We're standing up to those other forces, whether it's Ottawa or whether it's environmental groups or whether it's you know whoever. We'll find them. We'll fight them, and we'll get mad. And uh, they think they've got a electoral mandate to do that uh, for that approach. And uh, presumably, with the with the downturn of popularity of this particular government after this pandemic, there's a sense that let's get back to our core strategy here. Our core strategy is is we're mad, and uh, we've got people to blame, and that's going to keep the attention on on that uh, channel. You know, when we talk about the equalization payments, and we're getting a lot of texts from listeners, every time we have this discussion is, well, Jason Kenney was the one who put together the formula that's in place right now. Um, it was under the Harper government the last time these were revisited, correct? Yes, and so there's a distinction between the, the, the constitutional promise of equalization. Our, our Constitution says we're committed as a country to this idea of equalization. And so that's stated in very general terms. But of course, then that has to turn into a particular formula, and it's run by the federal government. They don't, they don't have to run it by provinces because they're dealing with their, how they treat the tax dollars that they collect from, not from governments, but from individual taxpayers across Canada. So they develop a formula based on, okay, well, how, uh, how much fiscal capacity or, or what is the size of the economy of that particular province, and how much are they already taxing the citizens in those provinces. And they use those two basic metrics to come up with a number and a formula, and then that's going to spit out some payments to some provinces based on high taxation rates, and it's, gonna, it's going to disadvantage Alberta to a certain extent because, frankly, we've got high incomes mm-hmm. and we've got low rates of taxation. Alberta's not going to uh, take federal money from that system, but as many people have pointed out many times, that's because Alberta salaries are generally high. That's because Alberta tax rates are low. And so you can't complain about a formula that, that doesn't pay money to Alberta based on the fact that it, it, it's, it's premised on the notion of, of relatively high rates of income. Um, and so, again, Jason Kenney knows that. Jason Kenney was part of the federal government that designed that particular formula. But now, as Premier of Alberta, he knows that there is a strategy that he has to, I think, or he thinks that he has to maintain of talking tough, being tough, keeping on the pressure. And frankly, he knows that he's got 
some exposure on the right flank of his party, and there's been a growing independence movement. He's he's bleeding some votes in in rural Alberta. He says my path to reelection is to shore up that right hand side of my party. This is the way I'm going to do it. Now, Eric. Um we're saying that you know he can get this referendum and he can get the support of Albertans to say they want to change the equalization formula, but it really doesn't have any impact on the national scope of things, and it won't cause any change to happen. But we know that Quebec is um, making some unilateral changes to the Constitution, or talking about doing it in any way. What's the difference with what they're doing and what we're doing? Is it they're dealing primarily with things that happen within Quebec only, right? Yes, that's and and you and I spoke. I think a couple of weeks ago. I remember yeah. on on this exact topic. I I took the same. Just so your listeners know, I'm consistent on these uh, issues. I took the position that Quebec couldn't unilaterally change the constitution. They they have a stronger argument than Alberta does. There's there's no question that that the. Uh, equalization formula is subject to the general amending formula of the Constitution. No one would debate that. Alberta doesn't debate that. In Quebec, they say, well, we're not actually changing the general terms of the Constitution. We're just dealing with our provincial Constitution. That's their argument. I don't think that's accurate either. I, I think they need to use the either the the, the different tools of the amending formula in that respect as well. Um, but what we see, and I think we're going to see increasingly as our, as our politics, our constitutional politics emerges out of this pandemic, is that, uh, is that dissatisfaction with, with the state of the economy or dissatisfaction with politics at the provincial level often starts to morph into these kinds of constitutional fights. And if you open up the hood to that uh, that car, you're going to find that uh, there's a lot going on in the engine that you hadn't expected. And every time as a country we've decided to open up the the, the constitutional hood, uh, it turns out there's a lot of different people with a lot of different demands. And so Alberta may think that they can keep this fight focused on equalization, but they're going to discover that Indigenous peoples have their own views about what our Constitution needs to say. Quebec has its own views. Environmentalists are going to say, where's the protection for the environment in the Constitution? There's no way to keep this conversation focused on the debate issue that the Alberta government wants it to be focused on. And so that's another dynamic that they're having to play with, I think. Absolutely. Okay, Eric, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Shay. That is Eric Adams, who is a vice dean and professor of law at the University of Alberta.